Then the pandemic came and hit us hard and we lost our jobs overnight today. Big wheels keep on turning. Proud freelancers keep keep on burning. (laughs) Hustling, hustling, hustling on the city. (laughs) Hello, hustlers. Welcome to That Freelance Life Podcast, the show where we discuss the how-tos, the ins and outs, and the highs and lows of creative freelance life in London. I'm Harriet Stockwell. And I'm Brittany Beebe. And we're creative freelancers here to guide you. Please note, we do recommend that you try this at home. Welcome back, hustlers. It's been a while. Not too long, though. Just just a short two years, <laughs> almost to the day when we have launched our first season of that Freelance Life podcast. Isn't that crazy? I mean, apologies, firstly, for leaving you hanging for so long. It wasn't intentional. L- let it be known. We We really wanted to bring you this much sooner. Uh, but you know, as I think we all know, pandemic got in the way <laughs> and, um, an ocean got in the way as well, because we were not in the same country for most of the time that the pandemic has been raging. Just to give you some background, Brittany and I got split up for 18 months exactly. I got stuck in South Africa and Brittany hopped her butt on the very last plane that flew out of South Africa before they shut the borders and the whole world shut down. What a crazy time to even think about. We just launched the podcast, all was amazing, season one, gearing up, so much ahead and boom, shut down. Just like that. Lost my partner in crime (laughs) to the other side of the world, unbeknownst to both of us. Yeah, and I'm sure just like everyone else, it's felt like life's unsaid has just been one long Zoom call, which isn't ideal. No. Um, But it feels like we're coming out of things now. So we thought we would pick up the podcast again and pick up where we left off. And we've got some really exciting content to share with you guys this season, which we're going to be going through later. Um, and giving you a little bit of a teaser as to what you can expect. Just to let you know where we've been and what we've been doing up until this point, we thought just give you a background. We are now officially back together again in London. It's wonderful. It's great, which is why we're kicking things off, as Britt mentioned. Uh, But how did we actually get to this point? Why did it take two years? And it's good to give that background because I think it's great to understand that part of the freelance life through what we've all just been through. It's all it's all hustling and fun and games and things, but when it really comes down to it, there've been a couple of months where we've been without work. Um, that's the reality of the freelance game, the uncertainty, you know, the unreliability of it. You know, I was without work for about two or three months uh, in the beginning of lockdown, Harriet. I was without five months. Yeah. And you remember the, the season, uh, last season we spoke about financing and how is it good to prepare yourself for freelancing? Well, those three months of savings really came in handy. And Brittany and I both actually cut our savings in half over that time because the world shut down. It, it, I mean, again, out of our control, out of our hands, we were swimming uh, freely, thinking life was so great. I decided to take two months off work because, you know, as we do, that's the whole reason why you freelance. And little did I know two months turned to five months. And that was not by choice. The pandemic actually caused a freeze for all freelancers in most agencies. So when you are feeling like on top of your game, suddenly you are not employable, not because of your skill set, but because of 
what you represent exactly uncertainty and yeah. the whole world was so uncertain that they just shut away everything that was uncertain and didn't hire anyone yeah and it was it's been a real roller coaster you know we were very lucky in that um after those five months that you were without work we managed to land a really long-term contract which was amazing that wasn't just by chance or by luck that was because we worked really really hard every single day showing up to each other's zoom screens yeah. uh, google hangout actually Brittany and I on a, on, we're on a constant google hangout call for 18 months eight hours a day five days a week sometimes we still do it but mostly now we try to be meet, in person yeah be in person exactly. it's much better what i will say is that you know the the job that we did get that wasn't just by chance you know that was because we worked really hard and we hustled hard to stay top of mind so that when those freelance jobs um the ones that were available they were very few and far between did come up we were top of everyone's minds um and so let's let's chat you guys through that because i think it's really handy advice we're both on holiday you got married i did congratulations two years ago i was bridesmaids it was an epic speech uh the the people actually put it over your wedding video yes harriet narrates my wedding video (laughs) (laughs) if anyone needs a narrator for their wedding video do give me a call it's at 0800 wedding caller (laughs) so we decided to give ourselves a schedule. The pandemic was so uncertain and we had no work and we're like, cool, what are we gonna do? Every single day between 9 a.m. and midday, we would dedicate it as if we were still at work. We did. And every day we'd meet up and we'd get on that Google Hangout and we would create a list of our contacts. We made a sort of black book and we'd have LinkedIn open We'd have you know Juno open. We would have the dots. We'd have every freelance website that showcased freelance jobs open on tabs, and we would just rail through them. With our current contacts, we would create an email. What did we do from there? It was amazing. I won't lie. <laughs> it was it was pretty cool. So we basically, because we were on opposite sides of the world, what we did was we created these really cute gifts of ourselves. So um, we basically took pictures of ourselves, selfies if you would, and we then edited them together to make it look as though we were next to one another. So you could clearly see it was two different pictures, but we'd be sort of like simultaneously side by side. And we kind of made really fun gifts out of them and we sent them out to everyone in our contact list. And everyone would reply and be like, oh, that's really fun. We don't have anything at the moment. (laughs) You're the first person we'll call. It was really cute. The first week we did the typical lockdown visual of each of us in full kind of work attire, but then wearing slippers or uh, pajamas, but in heels. Yeah. Lying on our beds with our laptops. And we had dedicated every single Thursday. So a little tip here. Majority resource people in agencies will look at the resource resource for the following week on a Thursday. Don't know why, I guess Thursday, it always gives them enough time to prep and call people on Fridays if they need them for to start Monday. But every single Thursday at 9 a.m., we would send out this email. We'd been prepping Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday with our GIF and sending it to our entire contact list. And that went on for ages for ages it took a full four weeks of sending those until we got our first bite and ended up then working at the agency for the next 11 months i think it was yeah which is crazy to think that we had emailed that agency every single week 
with no reply let me add no reply until the fourth week and that is the ticket to staying top of mind is that even though you think you know crap I don't have a reply and I'm just like another person in this pile of emails consistency pays off and it's just about being the top email on that very morning that they wake up and they've opened up the emails and they realize I need some resource and you're right there the other thing that happened during the pandemic was that day rates got cut yes which was a blow to the morale you know after working yourself up to a place where you felt like your day rate was finally reflective of your worth as a, a creative Uh, or a freelancer and then to have that reduced was kind of disheartening we stayed on a reduced day rate uh for i think it was about nine months yeah nine months and it was it was kind of sad you know was sad and they were they were open with us and honest and they did put us up a little bit but they they had a max that they could reach and i think it was everyone was just so scared budgets were cut everyone was so uncertain all this work from home live so what were we actually going to be doing and luckily i mean it's not like we were going out and spending loads of money i had given up my apartment in london because i was living at my parents in south africa so i was luckily saving money in that end uh brit was still here in london having her expenses but you know not going out a good a good kind of humbler though right sometimes it's not all about money can i just say something I miss working in offices. Oh, yes. There's a lot of talk on the internet and on Instagram and stuff at the moment about how we're never going to go back into offices and isn't this remote life amazing? Remote life, like remote working life, yeah, sure, amazing if you're going to go and work and travel other countries. Exactly, exactly. If you're going to work in Cape Town. Fantastic. Great. I don't think it's so great if you're just working from home. Like your home becomes your your office essentially. And I I like being in offices. I love being around people. I mean, I know it's not the same for everyone else, but I think it's something that I really miss from pre-pandemic. But that's interesting to chat about because the difference in our work from home for those 18 months. So because we were two hours behind in South Africa, I would have an entire morning to myself. So I'd only start work at 11. And so I'd hike the mountain every morning. I'd jump in the ocean. And before it was even time to start work, I'd done all those things. And then I get on the call with Britt, who's, you know, kind of still at home, stuck, annoyed, frustrated, yeah. and um, freezing, cold, yeah. freezing cold. Yeah, we never had a summer really for the last few years in London. No. <laughs> and that is tough. And then it's also where you get your socializing from. So once I did come back to London, Obviously, it was really hard working remotely. I mean, there were times when Britt and I were like, God, can we just be in the same room for a change? Like, it's so great when you are a team and you get to be in the same room because you get away from the laptop. Um, If anyone has worked in a team before, knowing that you can just step away from the laptop and actually just put stuff on walls and talk crap and just talk it through and, and iron things out. This working from home situation has made us bound to the laptop and bound to the desk and what it has done to our bodies bound to the couch down to the desk we're actually kind of thinking of a script that we recently wrote for a bitch which actually had all that in it um with what it's done to our body so i i'm now in chiropractor treatment i mean brit's got also her own ailments do i sitting come on what you got sore back maybe no no i'm fine no you're alone here (laughs) i messed up my shoulder so badly from working on my trackpad yeah it's a lesson listen get your mouse out get that mouse out out. get a proper setup 
get a little lifter for your laptop get yeah. a like a chair we just got laptop stands and it's changed our lives completely one thing i also will say is as hard as it has been we produced um some quality work uh over the pandemic and the lockdown we actually produced about four different campaigns i think um and ended up making some awesome work so that's kind of kudos as well i think to the whole kind of industry becoming so flexible that we're now able to uh have people on calls all the way from cape town on shoots yeah (laughs) it's almost the best time to be a freelancer yeah because now the whole world has has kind of come to your party exactly they've gone oh you've been doing this for so many years oh that's how it should be done oh sorry we're catching up late so it's great to be a freelancer in that sense because now remote life has become the norm but it just goes to show you it can be done 100 percent. if you want to go lie on a beach in greece and answer a few emails and drop into a little art direction project be my guest if you're lying on a beach in greece and i'm in london i'm gonna break up with you Uh, I, I know I never did take the laptop to the beach in Cape Town I would never do that to oh, well sand and keyboards yeah not exactly ideal yeah so I think all in all you know we could actually tally our experience of this whole thing as being pretty positive we've managed to make work we've gotten our day rates back up again we've proved that the relationships that we nurtured and worked really hard to build and maintain um, those proved really fruitful for us and consistency it comes from consistency Absolutely. always being consistent with communication and being top of mind yeah and we proved i think especially to ourselves that we could work under really testing trying circumstances there were days when we would both be crying on the on the calls <laughs> crying and concepting crying and concepting there we go that's a thing we get some champagne in there you got the triple c yeah <laughs> Um, but we want to know what it's like for you guys so we have reached out to a couple of freelance mates and we're going to share their thoughts and feelings and their experiences i think i was very lucky at the start of the pandemic i was lucky enough to have a contract renewed so that put my mind at ease during a very difficult time because a lot of my freelance friends had lost a lot of work things kind of came to a standstill And for me personally, I think because I was isolating on my own, I threw myself into my personal work and it almost, it was almost a way of like self-soothing through a really difficult time. And I'm so grateful as a creative to have that outlet of expression. Um, And I think for the first year that stood me, that put me in a really good place just because I could concentrate on launching new ranges and a lot of people had started supporting small local businesses which was incredible to see that kind of support all the anxiety and the uncertainty it was really beautiful to see people kind of coming together supporting small businesses and yeah that was just a really beautiful thing for me personally I think in the second year of lockdown, it all got a bit too much and I decided to go to South Africa, as you know, and um, I realized that after a year of throwing myself into work, those kind of weeks and months kind of just flowed into one another and I got so close to burnout and I'm so grateful that I had an opportunity to get out of it because I really felt that 
overall stress had kind of caught up with me at the beginning of last year. And last year, 2021, almost feels like this massive blurry <laughs> year. And it's only now that I feel like I'm kind of coming out of that and kind of coming back to life and finding that inspiration again to um, keep on going. I actually only went freelance because I lost my job during COVID. Um, the agency I worked at was a small agency, small cultural agency. They unfortunately had to let the majority of the team go. They only kept the um, two founders and their like head of insight. Um, and at the time I had gone back to Ireland because we were in like full lockdown. So I was like at home, thought I was on furlough, but then realized I was actually going to be out of a job. I think I had a day where I like cried. And then I was like, actually, I've got a lot of connections that I can use. So I just started speaking to a lot of people. Um, one job actually came in that same week um, with another similar agency working on Ray and Nephew of Rum Brand, which I ended up working at for quite a bit on um, like a couple of days a week. And um, so that kind of steadied me as I stepped into the freelance world. And then I was able to work on other projects um, throughout. So um, the other two days I was able to do, I started doing um, some work with different record labels, supporting them on um, kind of rollouts for their influencer marketing um, side of things. Um, the Ray Nephew job role was social media focused with project management and I guess a lot of content involved. I guess my expertise is across a lot of things. While I just call myself a project manager, I do quite a lot of things. Um, so it meant that I was able to work on a number of different projects where they needed specific support. So on some campaigns, I've just done talent management. On others, I've been like the lead PM. On others, I've just been supporting in terms of producers. So yeah, I feel like when I stepped into the freelance space, I definitely had a lot of experience, which allowed me to chop and change and use different skills depending on what the client needed. Um, so I think that's really helped. Uh, and honestly, I've, on, I think I've taken maybe like two weeks off properly um, in total, maybe like three, but um, obviously being freelance, you can take some time during the week, like a day here and there if you need to. So yeah, I feel like I've really enjoyed working in this space. I think it's coming up to like two years now and I, I'm looking to stay freelance. Freelancing in the pandemic has been a wild ride. I would say when the pandemic first hit, I would say that was definitely the scariest time to be a freelancer because every single agency and brand was just in total panic mode and was putting all of their energy and resources into figuring out how working from home was going to work for their companies. And I think freelancers were definitely the first people to just be cut because you know, people didn't know what their forecasting budgets were going to be and all of their clients were pulling out. So um, it was just, it was just a crazy time. For me in the pandemic, the first month was just radio silence from everyone, from all of my contacts, um, from all of my clients. It was just, you know, people were in, in that kind of fight or flight um, mode and freelancing was just the easiest one to kind of push to the side so that was I would say that was the scariest time because you just didn't have the the assurance of a full-time job and you didn't have the the guarantee that work was going to come back around because no one knew what was going to happen and then everything kind of picked up and turned around 
And I actually found that in, in the last three years, besides like, you know, a couple of, of smallish stints, like a month or a month or two, um, that I've been super busy actually, and probably busier than I've ever been because everything is now remote working. And that's not just a freelancer thing. That's a, that's a sort of worldwide company wide, brand wide, agency wide thing. It's meant that I've actually been able to be a lot more productive with my time. And, you know, some days I'm, I'm kind of taking on two roles and I'm able to charge double for my time. Not often because you, I think when you do that, you can burn out quite, quite quickly. You know, when, when there've been two amazing opportunities that I don't want to turn down, I've, I've found that I sometimes don't have to turn them down just because, you know, one is in Hammersmith and the other one is um, in Germany, which is a, a situation that I have found myself in. So I've, I've able, I've been able to kind of work two two roles at once from time to time which has been fantastic and I think it's it's also meant that my opportunities have broadened quite a lot as a freelancer so I'm able to pick up work in Europe I'm able to pick up work for companies you know that are not based in London and it's meant that I also don't have to base myself in London anymore whereas before I felt like I had to especially for networking um, I had to be at all the events. I had to meet clients for coffees. I had to sort of be in the room where things were happening. And now because everything's digital, uh, for a lot of the time, I feel like I I can be out of my quality of life has improved. As a freelancer, the way that the world has changed because of the pandemic has actually been a really positive thing. Modes of working and people are so much more uh, willing to take you on, even if you're not close by so it means that you can you know pop off to Portugal for a month and work remotely there and it's also been great for networking too because people are a lot more willing to kind of maintain these digital friendships which I've I've found to be really enriching you know people are sort of looking out for you in terms of opportunities so I've had quite a few people message me and say oh I can't do this role but can you do it is this this and this um which is which has been really, really great. And yeah, just the the physically not having to like rock up to the office every day from nine till six has definitely freed up a lot of my headspace and time. I think it's made me a lot more productive overall. It hasn't all been rosy, of course. The pandemic has definitely, you know, shifted that sense of, of security and made you feel like you have to take on as many opportunities as possible because, you know, what if you're left in a position again, you know, where you're not working for two months or, or longer. Um, and that's something that I think that's a freelance fear anyway, but I think it was definitely magnified by the pandemic. But all in all, I think the pandemic has definitely been super unique opportunity to kind of redefine what working means. And I think now that we've sort of come off the back of two years of, of remote working, I think as a freelancer, we have even more power to call the shots about how we want to work and who we're prepared to work for. But it's obviously not just freelancers' experiences that have changed, right? It's obviously not just us um, who have completely shifted the way that we are working. The people that book us and the people that hire us have changed too because the industry has changed. 
So we've reached out to a couple of people in our network, uh, recruiters, resource managers, and asked them, you know, how has it changed? And how, as we as freelancers can adapt to that? Hi, this is Nikki from DMCG, and I'm a consultant and partner in the business. Um, Beth and I work together on freelance creative roles. I tend to look after permanent design roles, but I would say that um, in 2020, there was a large degree of uncertainty and um, there was some feeling of pause with uh, brands and businesses not investing in their advertising. And so perhaps a slightly slower year for freelance, but very quickly in 2021, it picked up and um, we had a number of creative teams who um, were extended and it seemed like a very busy and prosperous year and certainly the freelancers that we've spoken to didn't appear to have too much downtime if they were doing good work and were um, talented and I think that's the key thing really if you've got the talent and the experience and the relevant industry sector experience then um, you were going to be busy expectations when placing freelancers and positions well it's the same as ever really we look for a degree of of sort of transparency when it comes to availability where your mind's at what you're looking at what other options you've got we understand entirely that as a freelancer and a creative team or as a solo creative you would typically be taking the work that you're offered first but the important thing is for us to be able to manage our clients expectations and be completely transparent and upfront with them so the dialogue is key and keeping in touch with us and letting us know availability is also key um, but when we talk to you about a, a brief um, the other thing is it's essential really to just recognize whether you've already been presented to a client previously whether you've worked with them before or if another recruiter has spoken to you about that role because we can't as a recruiter then introduce you if you've if you've worked with that business recently and um, for some reason sometimes candidates feel or, or creative teams feel that they um, don't want to tell us or they forget to tell us and obviously it's it's to nobody's benefit so um, yeah I think the dialogue is really important in just being really open about your position we are finding I would say at least 80% of the work that we are briefed on is to work remotely and um, may involve a kickoff meeting in the agency but if the candidate is uh, based abroad or is not able to to go into the office or into the agency then it doesn't seem to be a deal breaker and um, even with permanent roles it seems to be that three two or two three is is a kind of normal offering now um, so there's no expectation uh, and if there is it might be for a couple of essential meetings um, if that I would say that if your book is great and you're talented um, and used to be being busy, this is going to be an absolutely prime time for you. There's been very little new talent coming in from South Africa or from Australia, New Zealand or from the EU or from Brazil for that matter. Um, so the pool of candidates is is localised. It's, it's basically London centric or UK centric and you know, if you're good, you're going to be busy. And that's a great position to be in. 
all the more reason to keep your folios up to date and to keep your dialogue with recruiters that you're working with current so that they know where you're at and what you're up to. So season two, very exciting. Just to give you a little roundup of what we'll be covering this season. We've got talks on the dreaded IR35, something that was so excitedly postponed during the pandemic and then came into effect sort of at the end of it last year. And what the hell is it and how do we navigate it? And we're going to get all down into the depths of it in an episode this season. That's deep. It's deep, deep, that (laughs) IR35. Then we're also going to be chatting about what it's like to be a freelancing parent. So what changes with freelancing once you have kids? Uh, how, How do you go on maternity leave? How do you pay yourself? Is there a government stipend that you're able to claim? Uh, what happens when you go back to work? Who looks after your kids? I mean, um, it's like a question for us. Hello, we're getting into our 30s. Well, we're in our 30s. Well, we're in our 30s and now. And Brittany's married. Maybe, maybe well, one first day? comes the job, then comes the house, then comes the... Baby in a golden carriage? No, <laughs> I was going to say the dog. <laughs> first the dog. But I think very important, male or female being a freelancer and stability always thinks like a stable job will make for a stable parent but no let's figure it out together as freelancing parents and finding out from parents who are doing that very thing exactly we're also going to be chatting about hard conversations which is a topic that we have wanted to chat about for a while now we've got someone amazing that we're going to be interviewing for it as well um who's had to go through quite a few hard conversations and who we ourselves have actually had some hard chats with um and who's very open to chat about there's so much as a freelancer i think even just for this is a great episode for even if you're permanent you know how to just step up and have those conversations with your bosses with your line managers uh with your colleagues yeah, we're not even just talking about having a tough conversation about like uh, getting a raise or something. It's like, what happens if someone has actually wronged you at work? What happens if someone has kind of shortchanged you or Rude made you, you exactly made belittled you? you. Exactly. Um, and we're going to be discussing that in depth because I think this is something that's gone on for too long unchecked, really, in the Especially industry. Especially in that industry. Um, and I think as freelancers, often we think we just kind of shut our mouths and do our job and get out. But no, you have a say. Some other very, maybe boring, but actually when it comes to freelancers, we all need to know these things. Brittany and I currently are having to get ourselves mortgages. And let us tell you, it is a field day as a freelancer to get an agreement in principle and to get all the paperwork and to get anyone to lend you money. There's also so many amazing tips and tricks that we've picked up along the way through our own experience, um, as well as maybe from the people that we're going to chat to on this on this episode. Um, We're also going to be talking about remote working, which is obviously a hot topic at the moment and what it's like to be a freelancer working around the world, traveling as you do your day job. So we're going to chat to someone about that that has a lot of experience doing that, how best to set yourself up, things that you should know um, and keep in mind if you're going to be doing that. If you want to be on that beach in Greece, this is how to do it. (laughs) You want to make that dick from your dick chair. Ah, She didn't. She did. 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 And then always in every season, we chat to a freelancer uh, and just grill them with questions, (laughs) how it's done, uh, what they do. And very excited to have a great um, guest for you for that. So 
yeah lots of exciting stuff to look forward to and as always we love to hear from you guys uh through our instagram our email always drop us a line uh any questions you want to know we love hearing from you and you never know it could be implemented into an entire episode even potentially absolutely you can find us at at that freelance life podcast on instagram come and chat we love to love to talk as you can tell that's why we created a podcast (laughs) (laughs) awesome guys welcome back yes okay so you win some you dim some you win some you dim some you win some you dim some did you win some or did you dim some if uh you haven't listened to season one and you are new welcome welcome If you have listened to season one and you've just come back, welcome back. But as you always know, at the end of every episode, we do a win some and a dim some. Win some is if you've had a really great week and these are things that you've really succeeded in the week. And a dim sum is maybe these are things you haven't quite had a great week about. Every week has both. And it's always about what is each. So. Yeah, it's kind of to balance it out, right? There's highs and there's lows, and we are all just living our honest freelance lives. The yin and the yang. So, Biebs, what's your winsome or your dim sum this week? I'm going to start with my winsome. I managed to secure a mortgage last week. Yes, girl. Thank you. See, everybody, do you hear that? It is possible and doable. If you're a freelancer, it happens. Yeah, it's great. They're taking uh, my day rate. So what they do is they take your day rate, they times it by 46 because that's the average number of weeks that they say that you'll work a year, um, times five, obviously, for five days a week. And yeah, I... Put you in a good position. Yeah, I am. I am. But we'll I'm get into stoked. depth in that on the mortgage yes, chat. Yes, we will. What is your winsome, Harriet? So my winsome on the other side of who I am, not just a freelancer, but I have been, I started a musical theater course a couple of weeks ago. I love musical theater. And this past week on Monday, I had to do the solo. It was like a solo masterclass and you have to sing a song in front of the whole class that they, you have to choose between two and they give you feedback. Very daunting, very nerve wracking. But out of the people who do the solos, they choose the person who is going to sing the final solo in the showcase. I mean, the showcase is just to like your friends and family, but still. And I got chosen. Yes, you did, queen. Yes. And it was huge. It was huge. Brittany was so supportive. She was the one who actually pushed me to do the song. So we had to choose between um, two Les Mis songs, either I Dreamed a Dream or On My Own. And Brittany kept telling me, you need to do I Dream to Dream. That's your song. You need to do it. You need to do it. And I was like, I don't know. It's so difficult. It's such a challenging song. Anyway, I did it. And I got chosen to sing that song in the showcase. So. I'm so stoked for you. Very exciting. You, t- you went out on a limb. Thank you. Thank you for your encouragement, my darling. And Such all your support. <laughs> so from a high note to a low note. What mm. was your dim sum? So my dim sum this week, I think we were chatting about potentially being the same, is that we are currently on a project, not like the agency, just the project, that we just don't have much love for. And it's very hard to work on a project because we're incredibly passionate passionate people. Our work ethic is unto nothing. And we just believe so much in every project that we put our heart and soul into but this one we're really struggling with yeah it's just a tough one what i will say i mean i don't want to give it away but like testing is just not my favorite thing when 
you work on something that's just going to be sent into kind of like user testing or user like group focus group testing it's just a little bit disheartening to know that your ideas are going to go and be sort of like picked picked apart on purpose by people um yeah for those of you who, who don't know so generally in the advertising industry well that's actually something that we've only recently kind of gotten to know being in london is you create an idea for a project for an ad campaign and a lot of the time the clients will actually put that into testing where they will get a focus group of people together and present the campaign to them and see how it tests and a lot of the time it's like they always say like a focus group of one yeah and it once the first person shares their opinion everyone else just follows suit exactly and is it really you know great opinions i mean tbc but what it does is it puts a campaign idea under so much pressure because clients are just pushing to a unrealistic deadline and to an unrealistically stress test a campaign as well i think yeah 100 percent. and they haven't actually allowed the time for the internal creative team to stress test it themselves before putting it out to an audience and that just kills majority of great creative ideas and passion for, and passion the, project. for the project <laughs> <laughs> but sorry we had to end on a low note a low note but the high note is that we're back and, and we're, we're so excited yeah and we're planning on staying back it's um one of the greatest pleasures ever being able to bring this podcast to you guys um and it's we've gotten so much great feedback thank you so much to every single person that's reached out to us messaged us uh met up with us had chats with us on zoom calls we appreciate it all so 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 much yeah it's been wonderful to meet a few of you and just hear your stories and it's so uh, humbling to see some of you take this giant leap into freelance and then see you flourish and it's incredibly i don't know like know the word like it makes you feel all gushy inside knowing that you help someone because i feel like that's all that we've the we're here we're we're exactly where we are because of all the help that we've received so to be able to pay that forward has been incredible and thank you so much for giving us that chance until next week thanks for listening don't forget to rate and subscribe to the show Follow us on Instagram at That Freelance Life Podcast and DM us if there's any topics you'd like us to cover or if you've got a question to ask. If you'd like to hire us as a creative team, drop us a line. We're at That Freelance Life Podcast at gmail.com.